Is that, have any of you ever seen that movie Sliding Doors? It's from the late 90s, it has Gwyneth Paltrow in it, and basically it's a movie about what your life would be like if you make one particular choice, or if you catch a particular bus that morning versus not catching a particular bus. So in this case, she plays a character named Helen, and it turns out that Helen's life changes differently, basically goes in different directions based on whether she catches the subway train on a particular time in the morning. So basically the movie goes through two different trajectories of what her life is like if she caught that car versus if she doesn't catch the car. It's actually very interesting. If you haven't watched it, you really need to. It's kind of important, it's philosophical, make you think, that sort of thing. I learned about it when I was in college because one of my sorority sisters was a big fan of it and told me about it. And I was like, that's kind of interesting because that's almost in my life I could look at it by what if I'd gone to Chapel Hill versus going to the undergrad I ended up going to in Atlanta. So I kind of imagined how my life would have been different if I'd gone to Chapel Hill instead. For one thing, I don't think I would have been the founding member, a founding member of a sorority chapter. Probably wouldn't have met some of the people I've met. Probably would have been stuck more in my old high school image, which was not the best in the world, that's for sure. So that was kind of interesting to me. But I actually was thinking of the movie recently because I've been dealing with, huh, yeah, I've been dealing with kind of this hellacious breakup, as if you follow this podcast you may be familiar with. But I finally got the guy to give me actual space finally feel like now I have an opportunity to heal and I'm pretty sure he's not going to be listening to my podcast so now I feel like I can speak a little more freely and I can talk about stuff that's going on that I don't feel like I had the opportunity to tell him about and I really didn't feel comfortable doing that because I felt like okay it's not really his business it's not something that he's owed I deserve a little bit of mystery I don't think I have to make you know I don't have to announce all my moves if you will so Basically, it turned out there were a lot of things that he was dead wrong about. And he just decided, I don't know what it was. I asked him a simple question and he didn't even ask me why I was asking him a particular question. In this case, I had asked him, okay, did you fake your feelings towards me? Because this time last year we'd met, I'd had Hetty Rush for the first time since I was dating my long ago ex-husband. And it was something that I really didn't expect to experience in New York City. And in fact, I wasn't even sure I was ever going to experience that in my entire life again. So it was kind of a big deal to me. And I felt like when he had told me in the end of breaking up with me saying we're not compatible, it made me feel like, okay, so he's just giving me code of he wasn't sexually interested. But yes, he told me that, okay, sex wasn't the problem here. We're compatible on that. So that was very confusing to me. I know when most women around here say, oh, we're not compatible, usually that's code for I'm not sexually interested in you. That's the thought of having intimate relations with you makes my skin crawl, usually. That's been my experience with using that word or people telling you we're not compatible. So I had asked him a simple question of were you actually sincere with me on that? And he says to me, oh, I was sincere with you and I was falling in love with you, but your personality was a turnoff. And guess what aspect he considered a turnoff? My general cynicism and my normal reaction to how any of us would act if a lot of people had lied to them, had violated their trust, had let them down over the course of decades. And I'm thinking to myself later on as I'm reading this, it's like, you know what? That brings me the opportunity to say something that he probably wouldn't be too happy about hearing and most people don't like when you say to them, but in his case, very true. 
he made this whole big attack about his ex-wife being sheltered and privileged and all this and i basically said okay did you ever think that maybe you're sheltered you've never lost a parent like i have you have never had to be a transient you don't have to worry about if you lose your job or your life falls apart that you're pretty much gonna have to count on you because everybody else in your family is too fucked up to do anything you don't you know you're sitting here with an inheritance coming to you i don't have that and it's like you've never lost a parent you have never been homeless you have never had to worry about the fact that if your things fell apart tomorrow you would have to take care of you because nobody else is going to do a damn thing for you and nobody else is going to have sympathy so you know another reason i called this guy the energizer bunny apparently everybody thinks it's just about sex but another big reason i called him that was because he just could not leave a topic alone you could say the most innocuous thing this guy would just go on about it like there would even be a level of okay we just said something banal and it's something clever right and you could just leave that alone but no nah, he would just go on and on and on and on and on and on and on it was like endless just like the energizer bunny he keeps going and going and going and going if you remember the old commercial so i make a point about that and then instead of perhaps you know i make a point of you know what you haven't gone through some of these things so maybe you should have a little bit of empathy for that plus if you truly love somebody you wouldn't care about that aspect of their personality you'd be able to say okay that's part of the package that is part of who they are that is part of their lived experience and you know what they're not going to magically trust you in two seconds time it's going to take them a long time you're talking decades here you're talking a lot of experiences you're talking about somebody who was married to someone and had a relationship with them for a good decade or so who lied to them for that decade so how do you expect to conquer that in a couple of months how do you expect them to immediately trust you and especially when you yourself are not exactly a prize yourself going through a divorce and telling me about your ex who apparently isn't over you and that you want to hide things and basically have to be incognito and i've got to be the woman existing in the shadows do you really think that's something that people who are serious about a long-term future want to deal with this guy had the nerve to say that i called him privileged which number one was not really accurate because i said sheltered there's a difference he was trying to cite other things in his life and tried to have the nerve to go and defend the boss you know the owner of this former firm that i was working at which by the way this data said coincidentally you're doing a lot of stuff that's really crappy and in fact I did some stuff, you know, made, made it known to the proper authorities and they decided to investigate it. So it's like, okay, so I think when the governing body dealing with his conduct says this guy's not doing appropriate things, maybe you shouldn't be defending him. So he basically had the attitude and pretty much said to, said to me, maybe not in so many words, but he did kind of imply it was, okay, because you're not putting up with emotional abuse and you're not working crazy hours and working your tail off for a business that is not yours, where you have pretty much no advancement opportunity whatsoever based on what you're looking at around you, that somehow you're just lazy and you're the one to blame for your own circumstances and oh, you had this unfortunate experience and now you're stuck in a whole loop because you're not willing to be emotionally abused. It felt like the attitude was, well, because you didn't come from money, you now have to put up with bullshit. And it doesn't matter that you, you know, you basically don't have any right to have any standards. And I think I even called him out on that before, if I remember a conversation with him, now that I'm recalling. 
And I think I even called him out on that. And he had said, oh, you think like a rich person instead of a poor person. Of, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to say that I've got to put up with a bunch of shit treatment. I didn't even do that when I was a little kid. So why would I do that now as an adult, especially when I've got more education and I'm living someplace else and doing a lot of my dreams by not acting like I didn't have to have any kind of standards whatsoever in that regard. So that seems to be a bit contrary. Also, unbeknownst to this man, I ended up going from having this job that really wasn't a fit for me in a lot of ways, or at least the owner was just completely impossible, to getting my dream job. And you know, this man never acknowledged to me about being aware of me getting this dream job, never congratulated me, never seemed all that concerned about it, didn't even know about some of the bigger stuff coming up in it or how much work is showing up there, any of that. Didn't seem all that concerned, didn't even say, oh, congratulations, it seems like you're living your dream, you're getting to do the stuff you want to do, that you are finally being recognized, that you are being given, you know, you're in an environment where you're being treated with respect. Never regarded this. So that kind of pissed me off, and it also pissed me off that he never actually asked me why I was asking him the question of, am I, you know, was it legitimate? main reason I was asking that question was to see if there would even be any room for my psyche whatsoever to even consider friendship with him. This guy seemed to forget that when you dump somebody and you want to be friends with them, that choice is up to the dump, to the dumpy, you know, the per, to the dumpy. That's their choice. They get to decide on what timetable. They get to decide the terms. They get to decide that stuff on a friendship. It's not the choice of the person who did the dumping. Mm-mm is the choice of the person who was dumped, in fact. So it's like, no, I'm not going to be instant friends with you two months later, or I'm not going to be doing that three months later, or yeah, maybe you can express some kind of sympathy or concern, but I had said to him, don't contact me unless you're getting a finalized divorce, or maybe you're in the hospital, or something serious has happened to you. That's fine. Like, I thought it was okay of, oh, you're feeling, you're trying to be supportive, what have you, when I ended up leaving that abusive environment. Although even then, it felt like, okay, this is not a guy who's a good fit because I want somebody who respects me. I want somebody who thinks that my personality and my integrity is something to be celebrated. Somebody who says, you know what? You are a badass, kick-ass babe, and you turn me on because of that. That's what I want in a guy. I don't want a guy who's like, oh, I'm reluctant to stand up for principles or, oh, why are you bothering to step up? It's like, okay, dude, you obviously don't need to be involved with a lawyer. And you definitely don't need to be involved with somebody who's had to be the first at everything because guess what? That's what you have to do. I also kind of got pissed off that he made the comment about me being cynical because apparently in his country, there's a whole culture of optimism and people being very happy-go-lucky and optimistic. And it's like, gee, New York City, we're known for being cynical. We are known for not instantly trusting people and kind of wondering who's hustling us now. So it's like, okay, you're going to criticize me for being a New Yorker. And I've lived here how many years now? Very long time, basically long enough to be considered a New Yorker. So now you're going to attack me for this? Really? It's like, gee, you date a New Yorker. That's what's going to happen. The person's probably going to have some cynicism. They're probably not going to be someone who easily trusts. They're probably going to have their guard up, okay? So why in the hell are you shocked about it? And if you supposedly love somebody and you said, oh, I'm falling in love with them, I'm sorry, you would not say, oh, but your personality is this, oh, but your income is this. That would not be something that deterred you. And as evidence, and not that I'm saying that this is healthy or you should have this, but 
You know, somebody who really loves someone, they will put up with a lot. I mean, my father put up with my father being an emotionally abusive alcoholic who was punching holes out in the walls of her home, who was ripping out doors and kitchen cabinets and destroying stuff that belonged to her mother. He would get intoxicated. He'd be throwing glass. He'd throw hangers. Pretty much whatever was in his arm's reach, he'd throw it. And she would have to leave her home, take us with her. We'd have to leave sometimes. He would be getting intoxicated. And in fact, co-workers of hers talked about seeing him walking down the street, staggering drunk. But you know what? She stayed with him through that. I know people who have gone through physical abuse situations where the guy's beating them up, physically attacking them, is doing all kinds of stuff to embarrass them, ruin them professionally, and yet they're still there. They don't leave. So you know what? I would say that if somebody wants to argue about, oh, love, not love, I'd say some of these people, they're obviously acting under some kind of motivation and that sounds like love to me that somebody has it. And my mother would even tell you to this day that she loved my father. She still mourns that man as a matter of fact. So I realized there were also some other things that I really didn't like when I'm thinking about it with this guy. It's like for one thing, Generosity just isn't generosity when you're throwing it back in somebody's face. And I even had to explain this to him. I'm like, if you're doing something for somebody and you expect them to give you a doggy treat, so to speak, if you're expecting them to kiss your ass, to roll out the red carpet, kiss your ring, bow down to you, that's not being generous. That's basically being transactional. That's being an asshole. That's not doing generosity. That's just being a prick. And you can't say, oh, I did this for you, I did that for you. When you throw it in somebody's face, that's not being generous. That's being a damn martyr. My father was very bad about this, and so was my ex's mother. They would always be the type of people, they would do something for you, even if you didn't ask them to do it. They'd go and pick out the rug that you might be like, oh, I need a rug for the living room. So they'd go pick it out. They might not pick out the color you wanted or the style you wanted, but if you said anything to them about it, they'd just throw it all in your face of, oh, I bought this rug for you. And then your only defense would be, I never asked you to do this. You're the one who decided to take that up on your own volition. You're the one who made that invite. You're the one who set that offer. So if you're going to make those offers and you're going to set that invite, I think you need to do that with a full heart. And you need to do that without any kind of strings, without any kind of demand for a doggy treat. You need to just friggin' do it. I know when I do something for someone, when I give someone opportunity, I don't do it expecting somebody to give me even a thank you. I'm not expecting my ring to be kissed. I'm not expecting somebody to kiss my ass, be my slave for life. I do something because I want to do it. I want to give somebody a gift. That's because I want to give that gift. If I cook for them, I invite them somewhere. That's me choosing to do that. I despise, and I despise that shit. If people basically throw that in your face, that does not encourage me or anybody else to want your generosity. That just encourages somebody like me to just say, you know what, I'm not taking favors from you. I'm not doing, I'm not doing anything for you because the price is just too damn high. And I think a lot of New Yorkers have probably experienced that with some of their families because that makes them very self-sufficient and say, you know what, I want to deal with this shit. Don't care. So that's definitely something I felt like was a very big issue. Huge issue. And it's one of those things I'm like, I'm not even sure that an old dog will ever change that trick. I also realized, you know what, if I'm going to be this friend of yours and I'm going to be this ex, I don't care to be relegated to the shadows because I'm not somebody who ruined your marriage. I'm not some polyamorous Satanist 
Satanist worshiper type, you know? I'm somebody who actually has some kind of moral fiber. I have a professional job. I have things going on in my life. I'm not exactly some pagan, you know, Satanist type who's wearing body paint in Times Square with her bare boobs hanging out. And I don't know. I don't know whatever else. Like, I'm not on seeking arrangement right now. Not participating in orgies. None of this crazy stuff that people in my hometown or at least my family would be like, what the hell are you doing? Oh my God, that's so decadent and awful and you're going to burn in hell for that. I'm not one of those people. So I'm not even sure if this guy would have been like, okay, you can be my friend as in a full friend and not some friend you're keeping in secret. Because I'm like, I've been where your ex has been. I know what that's like having somebody ambush you and end a relationship. I have a little bit of empathy for that situation because yeah, I've lived that. So he probably didn't like the fact that I've been like, you know what, maybe she didn't like this if you're over here calling her sheltered. In fact, I've been wondering more about that recently with his ex. I've kind of thought, hmm, maybe she dealt with some of this stuff too. Maybe she saw this. Maybe she thought, okay, this guy doesn't know how to leave shit alone. This guy is not somebody who will advocate for anyone. He even said to me he would not battle. He wouldn't fight. So maybe she was feeling frustrated about that. Maybe she felt like, you know what, this is not a turn on to me. Maybe she didn't like having generosity thrown in her face either. So I kind of have to wonder about some of those things. I also have to wonder, okay, what does this guy do if he has a kid who doesn't follow the life path that he wants for them? What if some kid wanders off the reservation or just isn't measuring up in some way? Like, what if he had a kid who was like my nephew who's a high-functioning autistic? Or if he had a kid who was like my oldest nephew who's not really sure what he wants to do with his future? And he knows he doesn't want to go to college right now. Like, how would he handle that? Would he just be draconian? Would he just be completely insensitive? What the hell would he do? I have to wonder about this. But it's like, dude, I know a little more about my situation. And I know what I really hate. And probably one of my biggest pet peeves of all is people trying to tell you something about your life or judge you for handling a situation when they themselves have never lived it at all. So I felt like, okay, how the hell is he going to talk about me dealing with my divorce or dealing with stuff in my life when he's never lived that? How the hell is he going to talk to me about what it's like to be first generation and have to do all this stuff on your own, by yourself, not really having support? How is he going to talk to me about the legal field when he's not an attorney, has never practiced law in the United States, has not worked for somebody who, as far as I know, didn't work with somebody who is an abusive employer, basically said, oh... You've got to go do all these crazy hours, even though when I told you that I was hiring you for this job, you only had to work a normal schedule. I don't know how he deals with some of that situation, seriously. But I felt like there were definitely things I was going to mention to him. I definitely had some demands. And even since that time, I've definitely said, okay, there's certain things I'm not going to put up with. Like, I basically wouldn't have even entertained any kind of reconciliation with him unless he had a finalized divorce. I also had as one of my terms of you're going to need to see a therapist because clearly I felt like he had a lot of shit to unpack and that he's been putting all this shit on his ex-wife on me. So I can imagine what some other girl's going to have to deal with at this point. I mean, I even said to him when he's like having this conversation trying to defend himself and basically trying to attack me, he's like, oh, well, yeah, what did he say to me? He was basically here trying to defend him, didn't defend himself. And I actually said, why don't you go see some other chick you're currently seeing? Because I'm sure he's seeing one at the moment. I don't know for sure. But I'm like, why don't you go talk to her and leave me alone? 
And he's then like, oh, you want to engage in a fight, so why don't you stick me in the same category as all your other asshole ex-boyfriends and all this? And it's like, okay, you're not being honorable in that response. You're just not doing that. You're just being an ass. And it's like, finally, I've gotten you to give me fucking space. I have gotten you to give me freedom and to get out of my sight. Whether this guy ever talks to me again, you know what? I don't know. And I kind of feel like at this point, I don't really care. Because I have so many other dudes, even dudes who I have blocked. I have one in particular, like the model flake just keeps contacting me, contacting me, contacting me. Somehow he finds a way to get through. I've had other people who are just like, all of a sudden they're finding ways to get through. And little did this guy know that maybe I've been seeing other people too. Maybe I'm at a point of having an exclusive relationship. Maybe unlike him, there are some guys in life who do value me and appreciate me and think that my personality happens to be kick ass. I mean, I find it interesting, he says to me, I was apparently one of the most interesting people he'd ever met, and certainly the most interesting woman he'd ever dated, but then all of a sudden he's over here rejecting me. I even said that if he had said, I need emotional space, or I'm dealing with a lot on my plate, I could understand that. If that was the reason, that would be fine. It's respectable. Of like, okay, I don't want to have seriousness, but he's the one who charged in at 100 miles an hour. So it's like, why are you charging in at 100 miles an hour and then bitching at me for developing feelings and then wanting to back away? What the hell is that? I don't know. But basically, I think I could ascribe it to maybe two possible things here. Number one, men are stupid. And number two, it reminds me of that Mariah Carey song, Someday. And if you've heard the lyrics, if you have not heard the lyrics, please do so. Because one of the lyrics that really felt true for me is... Someday, you know, the chorus, someday, when you gave away will be the only one you're wishing for. That's what I feel like is going to happen because I've dealt with some of this before. I've heard this track, really have. But it's like, you know what? Don't want to deal with it. Not interested at the moment. Maybe give me real time to mourn, okay? <laughs>